Greetings, C3 LA. Such an honor to be with you today. Thank you, Pastor Jake and Nicole, for this honor to speak to your church. What a wonderful thing God is doing in the city of LA through your ministry. We're so proud of you, Pastor Jake and Nicole, and the whole C3 LA family. You guys are doing it. There is a special culture in the C3 movement that honors the Holy Spirit that is so appropriate and so powerfully purposeful in this season of time in the world. So just watch what God does for you guys. It's just the beginning of breakthroughs and miracles for the C3 family. Today on Pentecost Sunday, I want to share about the helper from heaven, the Holy Spirit. The helper is here. Jesus frequently and very enthusiastically spoke of the person and mission of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's tremendous impact in the life of the believers, especially in his last sermon recorded in the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 17. We're going to talk about that and just dive into the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful that you've been honoring and focusing and really pushing into this season of ministry at C3LA all about the Holy Spirit because it is worth it. Man, the Holy Spirit can't wait to show you what it has for you next at C3LA. Each one of you, God bless you all. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that power will make you a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. The word he used was dunamis. You shall receive supernatural power, supernatural faculty unhuman power, and the Holy Spirit inside of us gives us the, the X advantage, the this, this supernatural advantage, the heavenly advantage in every aspect of our lives. We have power to live for Christ. We have power to love people all the time. We have power to forgive our enemies. We have power to heal the sick. We have power to move in the gifts of the Spirit. All of those blessings are ours in Christ. In Acts chapter 2, then, it says this, and on the day of Pentecost, the church there was in one accord in one place, 120 of them, when suddenly there was a sound, Greek word echoes, a roar, a loud noise, a roar from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared over their heads fiery tongues, just flames of fire. And they all spoke with unlearned languages, other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost was the birthing of the church, the birthing of the dispensation that we're in now. There is a revival happening in the earth, C3LA, unlike any time in history. In fact, in your city, God began the greatest revival in human history. There are almost a billion Pentecostal charismatic believers in the world now. Some say a billion and a half. And the, and the Pentecostal movement, the charismatic movement, the Holy Spirit movement that began in 1907 on Azusa Street in L.A. has spread around the world. And it's time for a new Azusa. It's time for a new Pentecost. God's ready to do some amazing things in this stage of history. And you guys are right there where God wants to do it all. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And there was in Jerusalem, because it was the Feast of Pentecost, which was a time of celebrating the harvest 50 days after Passover. Jews from around the world had gathered, and they heard these unlearned, uneducated Galileans speak in their dialects, their languages. 
And they said, how can this be? These men must be drunk. And, and, and Peter stood up and he said this, these men aren't drunk with wine, seeing it's only 9 a.m. And then he said this, but this is that prophesied by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men see vision. Your old men dream dreams. And I will pour out of my spirit upon my maidens and my servants. And they will prophesy. And I'll show signs and wonders in the heavens above. So the Holy Spirit was poured out. And as Peter gave the first explanation... And the first sermon, the first expository revelation of the Holy Spirit, he said, the Holy Spirit has come to show us God's will, to give us our, our human purpose, our divine calling, to prophecy, to visions, and through dreams. And I just declared that there's a prophetic grace coming upon C3LA for prophecy, visions, and dreams unlike any time you've ever had in your life. If you're a regular dreamer, Ask God by His Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak to me through dreams about your will and purpose for my life. Ask God for a vision and seek and desire the gift of prophecy. In John chapter 16, Christ was speaking and He's preparing His disciples for His exit and the Holy Spirit's coming. And here's what He said in John 16, verse 7. He said, I will, it's important that I go away because if I don't go away, the helper can't come. And He used the word paraclete which is a great word it means, to come alongside to help. Synonyms of it in English are the helper, the encourager, the comforter, the counselor, the teacher, the intercessor, the strengthener, the advocate, the, the guide. The Holy Spirit is all of those things and more in our life. He's here to help. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come and the helper I will send to you. From heaven. And when he, the helper, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they don't believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. And then he said this however, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will show you things to come. So Jesus said a bunch of important things there. He said the Holy Spirit's agency now in the earth, his governmental functions are to convict people of sin. Aren't you glad that at some point in your life, you were convicted of your need for Jesus, and you realized that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, that is the Holy Spirit inviting us. Conviction is an invitation to restoration with the Father. Condemnation is the work of the enemy to push us away from God. The Holy Spirit does not condemn. He convicts to bring us back. As believers, he convicts us when we're doing wrong. As Christians, it's good to feel bad about sin. It's good to feel the Holy Spirit saying, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. Because that's the Holy Spirit guiding us and helping us overcome sin. And then Jesus said he will reveal righteousness, and righteousness is who we are in Christ. So once I'm, I've come to God through conviction, then repentance, and, and now I belong to Christ, the Holy Spirit convicts me of the revelation of who I am now. I am a child of God. And my friend, the Bible is a book of identity. 
and, and the Bible was written that you might have a mirror to look and see who you are in Christ. The Bible says he made him in 2 Corinthians 5.21, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Who you are, God sees you as a believer, as righteous as he sees Jesus Christ sitting at his right hand. Jesus is perfectly righteous, and you've been given the gift of righteousness, your identity in Christ is this beautiful gift. And we grow in our righteousness that is displayed by a sanctified life and, and a, a growing holiness as we confirm and as we assume more and more of confidence in our identity as believers. Keep putting on the new you until it's truly you, okay? And then he convicts us, Jesus said, that of judgment. And the judgment is this. The devil has been defeated. Wow, the Holy Spirit inside of you, 1 John 4, 4 says, there are many antichrist spirits, and you've overcome them. Why? Because greater is he. Who's, who's the he in you? The Holy Spirit. Greater is he that's in you, in me, than he that's in the world. So the Holy Spirit inside of me constantly brings a bold authority that I can overcome the devil, that I can overcome his temptations, his tactics, his weapons and works. That's the Holy Spirit telling that. But one of the things Christ said in this chapter that struck me when I was just a teenager a couple of years ago was when Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. And as I was reading that, I, I, I thought, you know what? I'm not, I'm not being shown things to come. Why is that not happening? And I dove into the Bible and found out that the gift of prophecy is where God gives us insight about current wisdom for today, decision-making plans and problems, but also insight and foresight for tomorrow, a strategic insight about things to come. And so I started pursuing that as a young man, and Jesus Christ gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit, gave me the gift of prophecy, and started showing me things to come. And I just want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is ready to show you things to come. I said this. This is, this is not true about C3LA. But across a large portion of the body of Christ, it's a glaring contradiction for the church to pray for revival, but simultaneously dishonor the Holy Spirit. So we keep asking God for revival. He sent us revival when he sent us the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit inside of us gives us so much grace, so many gifts, so many virtues that we are to, like, like presents under the Christmas tree, unwrap them, employ them, receive them, use them, and change the world through them. Oh, God, God's, this is your season of unwrapping gifts in you, spiritual gifts, spiritual calling, Holy Spirit blessings that God has for you as a believer this is your season, C3LA. So Christ said that would happen. And the Holy Spirit is the most underused resource in the church universally. So God wants us to not try to have revival in our cities without the Holy Spirit. So, so C3 is a cutting-edge New Testament culture showing the church world that you can have the best of excellence, the best of programming, the best of all kinds of representations of Christ that are good, but you can also have the best of the Holy Spirit's activity in your midst. 
they go together, both and, all of them synced together. So God has already given us spiritual gifts. It's our responsibility to receive them and use them. So God's given us gifts, and we want to talk about them. Just for a moment, I want to talk about the gift of prophecy because that's been such an important feature in my life, and God wants it to be something that's a part of your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the whole chapter, this very long chapter, is all about the gift of prophecy. The previous chapter is all about love. So the great chapter that love is patient and kind and hopeful, believes all things, endures all things, love never fails, that great chapter on love is followed by a whole chapter on prophecy. Well, it tells us a couple of things. That the gifts of the Spirit, when they're absent love, do not fulfill the heart of God. So you can represent the mind of God by seeing something and declaring something, an accurate prophecy. But if you don't have the heart of God that's filled with love for that person, and those words aren't caged and carried in love, then that prophetic word or that ministry doesn't have its outcome. So speak the, the truth in love. So when, when truth is spoken without love, it becomes error. Even though it's said right, it comes across wrong. And we want to be carriers of love. Every day, this day, like every other day, I thank God for 22 things. Ephesians chapter 1 says that we've been given the mind of Christ. So I thank God for revelation, understanding, and wisdom. And then I thank God for the fruit of the Spirit. From Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and patience and self-control. Against such, those nine beautiful graces, there is no law. There's no human authority greater than God's love, God's joy, God's peace, etc. So every day I thank you, Holy Spirit, fill me today with love. Fill me with agape love and joy and peace and kindness. That's because I want that the fruit of the Spirit allows me to become like Jesus. The gifts of the Spirit allow me to do the works of Jesus, and I want both of them. We want to do, be the, 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 the people that become more like Christ, but also fulfill the mission of Christ by reaching this world. So what a time in history. What a crazy, confusing, uh, uh, you know, fearful time in history. And we're alive right now because we were chosen by God to be his ambassadors of his kingdom in this time in history it's your time to shine. It's our time to make a difference. And so 1 Corinthians 14 says this, pursue love, okay? The whole, the whole chapter in front of it was about love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts and especially the gift of prophecy. So pursue love, walk in love, but passionately, the word desire is delay or it means to burn with passion for to have a fiery desire for. So have a burning passion and desire for the gift of prophecy. See, some people say, well, if God wants me to prophesy, he'll just give it to me. No, he won't. He's already given it to you. It's our responsibility to unwrap the gifts that were given to us in Christ. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, you can have this every believer. In fact, this chapter says, all may prophesy. If all may prophesy, why aren't all prophesying in the church? So prophecy, some people like me and others maybe have a bend, maybe have a special uh, predisposition to flow in prophecy. 
uh, uh, because of prophetic calling, but the gift of prophecy is for everybody. Everybody gets to hear from God. Everybody gets to speak from God. Everybody gets to encourage others. And it says this, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries to God, but he that prophesies edifies the church. And he said this prophecy is given for, in verse 4 it says, he that prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. So, so he that speaks in prophetic words to people builds them up, encourages them, and heals them. So any prophetic word that doesn't encourage you, heal you, or build you up, you don't have to receive. So that's God's prophetic guidelines for the banks of prophecy. Another thing is in prophetic words, in prophetic ministry, Romans chapter 12 says, he that, ha- he that prophesies, let him do it in proportion of faith. It literally reads in the Greek, let him do it according to the level of word in him. So God's word in me releases prophecy to flow from me. God's word inside of me gives me the vocabulary, the alphabet of prophetic words that God can release from me. We can't prophesy greater than the measure of God's word that's in us. So keep putting God's word in you, and God's word will flow out of you, a two-edged sword, a prophetic word, an encouraging healing, and building up word for other people. So everybody gets to prophesy. So prophesy edifies the church. He said, in verse 5, Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. Now he says that I speak in tongues more than you all. I, you know, Michael Maiden, I talk in tongues a lot. Last, two weeks ago, I was driving home from church here in Phoenix, and uh, after doing some taping and ministry, and uh, I was just gently praying in my heavenly language, driving on Central Boulevard, and when I came to Dunlap Street, I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't go when the light turns green. Well, that was the first car there at the intersection, I thought, okay, it was like a little tiny whisper. So I sat there for four seconds. At the fourth second, a huge power truck that was hauling a large trailer containing several 40-foot wooden power poles, ran the light going probably 50 miles an hour, and my little two-door car would have been massacred. I probably would have been killed. The Holy Spirit saved my life. A prophetic word saved my life. Praying in tongues saved my life. What a difference it makes to function and flow in the things of the Spirit. Everybody gets to hear from God about your family, your business, your life. What would your life look like if you had prophetic advantage in business, in family, in marital situations, in decision-making time in this season in history? God's talking to his church now, and he wants everybody to hear what he is saying. He wants you to hear these words. Everybody gets to prophesy. God has given this gift to all. It's time to open our gifts. It's time to let the Holy Spirit flow like never before. It's time to, like the Bible says, passionately with a burning desire, the gift of prophecy. As a young man, I I determined, thank you, Lord, for showing me things to come. Thank you for the gift of prophecy. Thank you for the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom. And God began to speak to me. I pursued it, and God gave it. In the kingdom of God, Anything you can live without, you probably will. Because gifts and promises are there to be pursued by our faith, by our determination, by our passion, and by our endurance. So God wants you to pursue the gift of prophecy, to pursue the Holy Spirit's activity in your life at a greater level, at a more important level. And listen to me. In this chapter, it says this, people will come into your midst that are unlearned. So be unsaved, unreligious people. 
And when they come into your midst, you'll, you will prophesy to them the secrets of their heart. And falling down on their knees, they will say of you, your God, he is God. Now, I have seen that happen many, many times right here in my church and churches around the world, in airports and restaurants and all kinds of places, people that normally would be closed off, indifferent, or neutral concerning the kingdom of God, once they had a prophetic encounter, a Holy Spirit encounter, their hearts opened up and they received Christ. In fact, in the lobby of the church, uh, four times the last six months, people, as I greeted visitors and shared just a, a sentence or two of a little word from God, people actually dropped to their knees like the Bible said. So we are to pursue these spiritual graces, these spiritual gifts, because therefore all of us, therefore every believer, and God wants all of us to enter into the full property, the full potential, and the full realization of God's heart concerning the Holy Spirit. Every day, I try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So if I'm someplace, um, uh, I'm, I'm about to go to a couple trips. So on those trips, when I'm sitting next to someone, I'll say, Holy Spirit, do you have something you'd like to share to this person? And it's amazing, like 99% of the time, the Holy Spirit says yes. And he'll share with me something for them. Man, when you do that lovingly, when you do that humbly, when you do that uh, obediently and boldly, there is so much breakthrough that happens. We have the Holy Spirit's gifts release supernatural consequences. So when we function in spiritual gifts, we release supernatural heavenly consequences. Sick people are healed. So there's, there's many, you know, there's nine gifts. The gift of prophecy, the gift of diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are kind of the same gifts. It's, it's speaking in a different kind of tongue language and interpreting has the same kind of effect as prophecy. The gift of healing, gifts of healing, working of miracles, gift of supernatural faith, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning the spirits. Those are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so every day I thank God for those nine gifts. Now, there are a couple of them that are dominant that I'm predisposed to, but I want the Holy Spirit to have access to use any of those gifts in my life at any time. And he will use the main, well, someone will say, well, Pastor, it's amazing how God uses you. Here's the secret. God uses any available vessel. That's the secret, being available, being available, hearing his voice, following his heart, being pulled where love leads us. Christ was moved with compassion and followed the, the instincts of where love led him and then saw miraculous things happen uh, time and time again. That's what God has for C3LA. Father, I thank you in Christ's name for an outpouring of visions and dreams and prophecy. Thank you, God, for a revival, a, a new Pentecost in LA, a new Pentecost in C3LA, a fresh Pentecost. Thank you, God, as Pastor Jake and Nicole have been pushing in and leading the church into a new depth of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, you're going to honor them, and they're going to see outrageous favor. They're going to see souls. The greatest harvest in human history is about to happen worldwide, and L.A. is going to be one of the epicenters for that harvest, and C3 L.A. is going to be one of the harvest centers for that harvest. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in my dear friends, let there be prophetic dreams, prophetic visions. Let the gift of prophecy flow. Give your church boldness to follow God. When they feel drawn to someone at the store, or the street, or the neighborhood, or the family, or the church, to go ahead and follow that 
that unction, that leader, that leading, and, and watch you do amazing things. I pray, God, that you would show off your glory, that you would manifest your kingdom, that you would do exceedingly abundant above all we could even dream or ask of you in the city of L.A. with my dear friends at C3LA. And I love you like crazy. I'm sorry I couldn't be with you in person. Can't wait to see you again, C3LA. Get ready. It's Pentecost time. And you're about to have some God encounters you've never had before. With the, with the greatest intensity, with the greatest life transforming uh, 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 testimony, you're about to have encounters with God. They're going to release encounters to all of LA. God bless you guys.